I mean, these little things and, you know, not even just for us, we're part of a collective of eight CBOs in Milwaukee all around it. And Milwaukee has a ton of great uh, nonprofits. These, these things help, you know, five bucks here, 20 bucks there, uh, stopping in once a year to volunteer for an event, signing up for their newsletter just to know what's going on. You're listening to the voice of Benjamin Holt, who's the Director of Philanthropy at the Silver Spring Neighborhood Center, SSNC. The SSNC serves the residents of Northwest Milwaukee, offering services for every age and stage of life, with emphasis on education, employment, youth, and health and wellness. The SSNC helps over 8,000 individuals annually. In this episode, you will learn how one nonprofit organization in Milwaukee called Silver Spring Neighborhood Center is working to pivot its services and programming to continue serving the underserved community. If you're in need of food and resources, check out their hours for the food pantry and other resources for you and your family to survive and thrive through this coronavirus pandemic. Hello, friends. This is the What is Public Health podcast with your host, Dr. Ki Chan. What is public health? To me, public health is the invisible force that keeps you healthy every day, and I bet you didn't even know it. This podcast is your source of the latest trend in public health. Hello, friends. I'm very excited today that we have a special guest, um, Benjamin Hall. So can you tell us more about your center and what your role is? Absolutely. And uh, thanks for having me on, by the way. Uh, So I'm the director of philanthropy at the Silver Spring Neighborhood Center. Uh, Silver Spring Neighborhood Center has been around since about 1958, so quite a history there. It's located in West Lawn Gardens, which formerly was uh, Wisconsin's largest public housing. Um, it's kind of expanded and we can get into the, a little uh, about what's going on there recently. Um, but I always like to say we have services for every age and stage of life. I mean, from babies to seniors, we have a food pantry, we have uh, a child development center, we have employment programs to get folks back in the workforce. We have after school and leadership programs for teens. We have a partnership with UW-Milwaukee College of Nursing, uh, where we have a clinic for underinsured or uninsured folks. Um, We have adult uh, education programs for helping people get their GEDs or high school equivalency programs. I mean, it's kind of a, it's a one-stop shop in Northwest Milwaukee for families, individuals to maintain self-sufficiency, I guess. There's so many different programs going on and yeah. uh, yeah, And I was wondering, yeah, which is great. And so I was wondering um, if you could help maybe go into some more specific details, like what are some programs that are going, I guess, at at the physical location, like, or was going on a physical location? And then what are some that are more online programs are ongoing um, that you can share and if you can maybe specify like what programs are for children, for teenagers, for, for adults, so maybe that way um, for our listeners who are listening, maybe are with children, they may consider these programs or, or maybe people who are more elderly might be considering other programs. So you can maybe mm-hmm. specify some of these um, different offerings. Yeah. So uh, I'll kind of go through the pipeline. Um, so at our physical location, we're on uh, 64th Street. Uh, in Northwest Milwaukee, we uh, we have a physical. It's a pretty big building. We share it with a couple people. We're, Browning Elementary School is there. It's a Milwaukee public school. They're actually in our location. Um, like I said, we're in West Lawn Public Gardens, which is a partnership with uh, the Housing Authority of Milwaukee County, so or Hackham as they call themselves. Um, so there's a lot kind of going around that area. We're, if you're familiar with Bayshore Mall, we're about two miles. Uh, what would that be south of that? Um, and for children, we have the Elaine Schreiber 
child development center, which is about six weeks to 12 years old. It's kind of a daycare, uh, you know, teaching kids uh, emotionally and, and, and mentally and all that stuff. It's, it's a daycare and, and there's, we feed them and you know, all, all, all the services anyone could need from six weeks to 12 years old. Um, moving up to teenagers, we have CLC or continued learning centers, which is essentially like after school programming. Uh, we partner with a lot of the high schools around in Northwest Milwaukee, for example, Kluge or Thurston Woods, uh, the, the teenagers that go to those high schools. We have a youth services department, which is run through Silver Spring Neighborhood Center. Uh, it's essentially a programming hub for teen, teenagers from anything from anti-violence to teen pregnancy prevention. We have leadership, youth leadership programs where they take them to, you know, take them all around the country for college tours and stuff like that. Uh, we have literacy programs for them. Um, or honestly, something as simple as just hanging out at the center. We have a you know rec center where any given weekday you'll see a hundred kids hanging out. We have pool tables and you know just, just keep giving them something to do, hanging out, meeting new people, having a good time, engaging them, uh, working out, whatever. We have cooking contests and all that type of stuff. For teenagers, we also have Opportunity Youth, which is a, a program specifically for 16 to 24 year olds who are disengaged. It's uh, kids who are unemployed and out of work or out of school. And it's just trying to help them get back on track in life, you know, whether that's going back to school, getting back in the workforce. It's, it's kind of a, a all, all around soft skills and hard skills program. And then moving up to adults, like I said, we have an adult employment program working with Transform Milwaukee Jobs. Uh, it's getting folks back into the workforce. We have adult education, getting your GED or high school equivalency. Um, we have the UWM Nursing Clinic. Uh, you know, it, it's basic kind of general procedures. You can get re referred to hospitals and stuff like that. It's not like, you know, it's not in-depth stuff, but you can get checkups, blood pressure, tuberculosis shot or checks and all that type of stuff. Um, and then we have our emergency services department, which is the food pantry and uh, 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 baby, what's it called? Best baby zone. It's, you know, helping uh, mothers with formula, diapers, stuff like that. Wow, there's so many different offerings and programs. And <laughs> yes. I was wondering, um, you know, for our listeners, they may be thinking like, wow, there's all these great programs, especially during this time of crisis. Like I want some of those resources, like a lot of people are out of jobs. So maybe they might consider um, your program to help with, you know, getting employment and then also with the food pantries and also um, with the baby supplies. But a question that they might be thinking is like, how much is this going to cost? And, you know, is there a range of different fees for these different programs, like from the daycare to these teenage programs? I mean, I imagine the one that you have to travel, there's some travel expenses, but I'm just wondering like, what are some that are more that you think are affordable or free um, for people? Honestly, most of them are free. A lot of them are, are there's a couple ones like um, the child development center, you know, is paid through W2s and all that type of stuff. So there's, there's a cost that comes with that. There's a, there's a lot of specifics for who's qualified for the programming. You know, it's not just, it's open to the public, but for example, for the workforce thing, for the workforce programming or something like that, you have to be in a certain situation in life because we follow federal guidelines uh, and we get grants based on helping specific populations. So, so the neighborhoods that we often serve are low, it's, you know, 90% really low income. Uh, it's 90% African-American. It's, it's, uh, there's kind of specifics 
in the various programs. And those are from case, those are from uh, each program is different. I mean, the after school programming and all that stuff, the kids, if you're a high schooler in Northwest Milwaukee or whatever, you can, our center is open to the public. I mean, most of them are, are fairly either free or very, very low cost. There might be a couple things here and there. Uh, like our, we have basketball programming and stuff like that, where there might be some small fees associated with it or whatever, but we always try to keep costs low. So given what's happening in the world right now, and if uh, people are listening to this podcast, it is the midst of the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic. You know, how has this experience impact the Silver Spring Neighborhood Center? Like, do you see more people coming out? I mean, not physically, maybe physically, and but also virtually to your center. And what are their needs right now? So that it, it's it's been kind of tricky because so we have been shut down for the most part except our food pantry. Our food pantry's never uh, never got shut down, and we've remained open and all that stuff. We are slowly transitioning to re, towards reopening. Our our child development center is open, except it's it's not f- full staff or full kids. Legally, we can have up to fifty children. Usually, we have a hundred or so a day with a capacity of up to probably around 140. But then again, every single week, we, we get, we've had these every week, we have meetings about when we can reopen and the bars have been moved so many times, you know. Um, the good thing is we've, a lot of our, uh, the, the center's been lucky in a lot of ways. I mean, it's been, a lot of nonprofits have really been hurt uh, to the point of where they can't even come back. While we're hurting as well, uh, our board has been really supportive. We've been able to remain open and pay our employees. We, we haven't had to lay off a ton of people or furlough anyone or anything like that. So our our staff has been engaged and they've been doing an amazing job. At, for example, our youth services director, she's doing virtual uh, programming with the kids all the time. We have partnerships with organizations like the Literacy Services of Wisconsin or America Scores or Sharp Literacy, and they've all kind of figured out different ways to engage the population that they're working with. You know, it's maybe not the exact same as it once was, but it's, it's, we're, we're, they're doing it as best as possible. We had our CLC director went around with soccer balls and these, these math equation games and dropped them off at, at, kids in the neighborhood's houses and had all these instructions on how to play games with them. But also, you know, there's an educational component to it. And that was with our partner, America scores. Uh, Our youth services leadership team has been helping out with the food pantry and they've been literally delivering food. So usually people come to the center to pick up food um, and they still do, but some folks, especially seniors are, you know, more susceptible and our youth leadership have been, literally taking stock boxes out to seniors in the community. So they're engaging them in a lot of different creative ways. And it's been, it's been as rough as it's been, it's been kind of inspiring in a lot of ways, just because people are, are just stepping up like crazy. Um, I was wondering, maybe for some of our listeners, um, you know, what that, that may not have been to a food pantry or maybe are in a situation now considering that the other day lost employment or their, you know, their economic um, their economic stability is a little bit questionable in the next couple of months, and they maybe want to explore some other resources. But like, what is the difference between like a food pantry and a food bank, or and versus a discounted grocery store? And and can anyone access this, or do you have to show proof to get access to food? And 
and also maybe demystify some of the concerns about food pantry. Like I think some people think that it's leftover food or it's less nutritious food, but maybe you could help tell us what exactly is offered there. Yeah. Uh, and I can only speak on uh, our behalf in Milwaukee because I know there's different you know ordinances for cities and states around that or whatever. Uh, we're a pretty lucky one. There's been a fair amount of, of food pantries that have unfortunately gone under. Um, and during, the, during this whole COVID crisis, we've actually... I think it's like two or 300% more activity than we normally have with a lot more logistical problems and less volunteers and stuff. So our, before I get into it, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Rachel Peace is our director over there who started in January, by the way, which is incredible timing. Like literally she started this job right before this whole thing started and we haven't really skipped a beat and it's all because of her. Um, but, uh, so essentially a food bank is, uh, the organization that gets food to the pantry. So they're like the suppliers of the food pantry. Ours, we work with Hunger Task Force, and we're really, really lucky to work with them. They're an amazing partner. Um, so they're the vast majority of our supplier of, of food that goes into our food pantry. We have to cover stuff you know, occasionally, and we have to get donations for the food pantry. Uh, but that's, that's the, the point of Hunger Task Force is to provide us and other food pantries like us with, their, with, their, with food and all that. And it's not just leftover food like you, um, like you alluded that some people may think. We, Hunger Task Force follows a program called the My Plate, um, which consists of five food groups. I mean, it's food groups that last two to three day periods, um, fruits, vegetable, whole grains, proteins, dairy products, the whole nine yards. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get donations. Of, it's trail mix and apples and, and peanut butter. And, and, you know, it's, it's not just canned corn or like leftover beans or whatever. I mean, we have a lot of protein and stuff comes from, from beans or all that type of stuff too, but we also get turkeys and, and meat and uh you know it's 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 good quality stuff and you know we put up stock boxes that we we hand out um usually it's monday tuesday wednesdays during the covid stuff we're just mondays and wednesdays and fridays uh and fridays are for seniors we do stock boxes specifically for seniors um that kind of get them through uh and it's got a four-day stock box full of food and all that type of stuff. So it is, it's, you know, it's a mixture of, of, we, we make sure that there's fully balanced meals in each, in each portion. When someone decides to go to a food pantry, like, do they have to sign up ahead of time? And how does it actually work in the food pantry? Like, do they go in as a, like a grocery store or do they come in and just get a box of food that whatever is so no, that day? In a, in a normal world and things are a little different right now, but in a normal world, yeah, we, we are actually designated to serve three zip codes in a, in a normal situation. Uh, 53225, 53218, and 53209 is what we normally are serving. Due to COVID and due to that other food, uh, there's been some food pantries that have shut down. We're accepting anyone right now. Uh, it's not going to be forever, but right now we're just trying to make sure, you know, to fight food insecurity as much as possible and get people what they need. Normally speaking, it's, you know, you can come in, you have to register yourself or whatever, and you get, you get your stock box and it's a, it's a once a month type situation. And it, it's, a, it's a big box of food. I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to solve all of your problems, but it can really, it, it lasts a long, a long, it goes a long way. Yeah. We call them stock boxes. It's yeah. uh 
it's 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 a pretty big size crate again with just a variety of of you know the trail mix at fruit and apples some meat uh it kind of depends on what we can get but we're our 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 director puts them together we have program participants and volunteers that put together these stock box we get shipments every other thursday and those thursdays are crazy it's uh just the hallway is full of stock boxes and it's a whole day of just getting them ready for the next two weeks wow and then do people come in um at a certain day so that and and so they don't so they're only allowed to come in once a month is that what you said and that box is good for a whole yeah month? yeah so we're we're open the during COVID it's 11 to two, but whatever our operating hours are, uh, people are just allowed to come in. They have to register and stuff like that. There's a check-in uh, line with that. And the food is supposed to get you through. I mean, it's not probably going to be enough for the entire month. Like if you ate every single meal there, it's supposed to, to ease the difficulties and the food and, you know, it's fighting and in food insecurity. It's not a cure-all it's we're doing the best we can. And there's, you know, we have to, we serve thousands of people a year, um, hundreds of people uh, a week and a month and all that. So, and we only have a limited quantity. So we're, we, we try to divvy it up as much as possible. Um, a lot of them are families, unfortunately, like I said, on Fridays, it's senior stock boxes. So there's a little bit of difference between the days and all that stuff. But yeah, in a, in a normal circumstance, people just come in and pick it up. D- due to COVID, we've had to switch that up a little bit. Um, we're doing a little bit of deliveries and all that stuff specifically for seniors because they're more at risk. Um, and then normally it's just, you know, a line of people come in and all that. Now we have to do it one by one and we have to deal with social distancing and, and sanitary purposes and all that stuff. But normally speaking, yeah, people just come in and pick up their box and put their name in and all that type of stuff. How is the Silver Spring Neighborhood Center supported and what are ways that the community can help? Um, continue the support yeah so each programming the funding sources are different um for example our like i said the adult education ones that's a federal program so a lot of our money comes from the federal government most of our programming is just from individuals and organizations uh united way is a huge supporter of ours i mean they're a gigantic source of, of of funding from us and we're super lucky to have a great relationship with them um my job since i've kind of came in uh, and i'm the primary fundraiser the problem with a lot of nonprofits, specifically when unforeseen things happen like i don't know a pandemic uh is if you're if you're really reliant on big grants from an organization or federal funding or state funding or something like that those can disappear overnight or they can go away and then all of a sudden you know, your budget's gone. And that's how, that's why when people talk about nonprofits going under so, so frequently, that's the biggest reason why is because they lose a donor or, you know, a donor switches nonprofits or they lose a grant or a federal program just simply goes away because that stuff happens all the time. So we really are trying to get more reliant on individual donors and organizations, new organizations to be part of it. If, you know, they're interested in our uh, the ge- the geography of who we serve and the population we serve and the services we offer, um, and we've we're we're definitely growing in that regard. In turn, the more individual donors and all that stuff, the better. We have a pretty good network of individuals who have been donating to us for a long time. Like I said, we've been around since 1958. Um, the sad thing to me, though, is how long we've been around and it just seems like so few people know who we are and what we do or if they're they're kind of familiar with us they've heard of us 
somewhere mentioned on the news or something like that, but they really don't know uh, the impact. So there's been a bit of a weird silver lining in that, especially specifically with our food pantry, we've kind of been able to, a lot of new people have been familiarized with us during COVID, which is always a, a, a you know, long-term, it's probably a, a, a helpful thing. I mean, not, not that it outweighs the negatives, but that's been a, a small silver lining. But we're always trying to, while we love our big partners like United Way and all that stuff, just the more we can kind of diversify our, uh, the money coming in, the better. Because it's truly just from the community that we are able to pay the bills and keep the lights on. What are other ways that community can contribute besides donation? I'm just curious because you mentioned that there were volunteers or is there internships? Mm-hmm. What are ways that people may so not t- have the money but have time? <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's tons of ways. Uh, volunteering and that with uh, you know you've already heard how many programs we have there's a million different ways to volunteer uh there's the simple stuff like you know we have certain events throughout the year and volunteering at those things or you know we have we walk around west lawn gardens and and pick up trash and stuff like that you know clean up the community type stuff like that so those those are volunteer options but then there's also just if you we always are looking for skilled volunteers you know if you have a specific trade or something like that if you're a graphic designer or you're a uh, I, I don't know, whatever, if you're a website designer or, you know, uh, accountant or a marketer or something like that, there's always, st- you know, our budgets for extra stuff is always very, very thin. So if, if anyone has skills that they are willing to donate their time, you know, we can always use help and there's a variety, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a large scale operation. We serve thousands of people um, a year and the more stuff we can the more labor or stuff that we can get done without having to pay for it, it, it goes a long way and we can refocus that money into the services. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, helping us just get the word out. We signing up for our newsletter is a, is a great idea or following us on Facebook and stuff and sharing it. You know, the more eyeballs we can get on us, the better. Um, or just referring to us uh, if, if people ever want to help, you know, underserved uh, people in Milwaukee. There's a lot of, there's other organizations like us um, and we're partners with a lot of them and, uh, but just keep us in mind as one of them. Mm, Those are great. Those are great opportunities. I was just wondering, um, you know, given the current situation with the coronavirus pandemic, do you notice that there is less support or less donation or people volunteering less? Um, Not that they don't have the will, but it's just given the circumstances that the stay at home policy so so it's kind of notice yeah it's kind of a complicated answer in in terms of like the volunteering stuff obviously that's kind of out the window uh we can we can't really have volunteers right now we still have some for the food pantry and and while that's down we still have people coming in and helping with that a lot of it are actually program participants like our opportunity youth or our, our teen leadership and stuff like that um there has been more new donors and new people it's been it's been uplifting to see how many people are reaching out to us and saying hey we we heard about you on the news or we hear that you're a food bank in north milwaukee what can we do or whatever uh while financial donations literally are the best there's other ways uh like i said before the sharing or something like that we had somebody buy us a new conveyor belt for the for the food pantry uh, which was just kind of out of the blue. Somebody said, how can, how can we help? 
uh, I'd love to, she's a great, great woman. I just can't mention her name. Um, but, and something like that, a, a couple hundred bucks, you know, letting us be more efficient at the food pantry is a, is a game changer for us. Um, so that's been, that's been great. The, it's, it's tough to answer because each program, like I said, is different as far as where the funding comes in. It's been a financial blow to us because a lot of our funding, you know, we have to be open for us to get the funding from the grants that we have or whatever. So we're losing a lot of money in terms of not being able to collect those finances due to not being able to offer the services. So we're trying to reopen as quick as possible. But then on the flip side, there's been more support for say the food pantry than ever. So it's kind of a, I don't, I don't want to, I don't know if it's a wash. It's more, it's more negative than positive, but there's been ups and downs because of all this. Any positive or unexpected changes that you've noticed since the coronavirus pandemic? Yeah, Uh, it's been, it's been really uplifting to see how many people want to help and organizations are really coming out of the woodwork uh, and offering us help in a myriad of ways, you know, not just financial. uh, And, you know, there's been, or, uh, a lot of different fundraising capacities to help nonprofits, not even just us. Greater Milwaukee uh, Foundation, for example, raised a bunch of money for the Milwaukee Response and is giving out money to nonprofits. And we were lucky to be one of the beneficiaries of that. The Green Bay Packers raised a bunch of money and gave, it's a COVID relief uh, fund, Bader Philanthropies. I mean, the list goes on and on. Everybody kind of has stepped up and it's just, it's been uplifting and to see a community kind of be like, all right, we got to get all through this together. I'm, I am worried about, you know, six months from now, because uh, the thing that I'm worried about is, is this just, are we getting donations that we would have gotten the fall and the spring? And then, you know, it's kind of a wash and we're going to lose the funding anyway. So that's what I'm more nervous about. Uh, But overall it's been the amount of people that have are, in, that are just interested in helping is it gives me hope. It gives me optimism for not just our center, but you know, society, I guess. <laughs> if anybody is interested in learning about us, I mean, please visit our website, SSNC-MILW.org. Uh, if anyone wants to hear more about it when it opens up, I love giving tours. I, it's one of those things that I always try to say, it is a gem of Milwaukee. I started working there in December and I knew of Silver Spring Neighborhood Center and I had, I was familiar with West Lawn Gardens because of the history and all that. Um, but you won't believe it when you actually see it. I would love to give you a tour sometime when you come in there. The Hackham, they're in the middle of a $80 million renovation of West Lawn Gardens. I mean, it's there's going to be a thousand affordable housing units in that community, um, all around, which were the, kind of the heart and center of it. Uh, the Bucks built a whole inter- entertainment uh, complex there with basketball courts for the kids and stuff like that. I mean, it's a state of the art facility that has been years in the making. Tom Barrett started this thing, I think in like 2010 or something like that. And it'll blow you away when you see it. I mean, it's, 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 it's in a neighborhood that I think a lot of people don't think to go to. Um, and there's still a lot of issues there. There's still a lot of, of difficulties and stuff, but there's also a lot of optimism. So it's nice. Um, and if you want to hear some of these stories, we do a weekly newsletter called uh, Hero of the Week, um, where we just highlight a different story. There's just so many awesome people uh, contributing to uh, our community, and we just highlight a new person every week. So if you want to follow along to us uh, on our website, you can 
if you go to our website or actually our, our Facebook page is probably the best way to do it. Uh, on our Facebook page, you can sign up to our newsletter and it's just a, it's a quick thing. You know, we don't try to ask for a ton of money or something like that. We just like to share the stories because there's so many good ones. Oh, thank you so much, Ben, for sharing with us like all different ways that we can get connected to the center um, and learn more about all the updates and new uh, development uh, at the physical location. That's great to hear that there's so much investment to the community through all these different organizations and in, in the industry. So that's really great to see that so many people are stepping up to really make Wisconsin rise to the top. So that's great to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a long time in the coming. And I'm, I'm really excited to see. I think the the first half of the, of the Hackham, the housing authorities project is basically done. It'll be all done around 2022. So we're still kind of right in the middle of it. But I mean, there's a lot of good that's that's in the works, so to speak. And it's uh, it's exciting for Northwest Milwaukee. So as we're coming to a close to our interview, Ben, what's one golden nugget of advice or message you would like to share with our listeners? Golden nugget of advice. I would say do what you can, because I think a lot of people think, well, I can't, it, what do I do to help? How am I going to solve these insurmountable issues? I mean, the unemployment in our community is normally, and it's going to be way worse than this 25%. I mean, after this, we might get up to 40, who knows? Uh, obviously Milwaukee is incredibly segregated and, and, uh, there's racial issues throughout Milwaukee. There's a lot of poverty, there's violence, all that stuff. So I think sometimes people can get overwhelmed at just the sheer amount of issues, especially when, you know, you have crazy out of nowhere, things like a pandemic come in, but just know that, even a little bit helps. Like I said, we raised $20,000 uh, last month. That's mostly going to our food pantry and stuff. And a lot of those donors were five bucks, 20 bucks. We've had, we had some kids from uh, Marquette university that helped us with some, some marketing materials. We don't really have much of a marketing budget. So we had some people do some graphic design. Um, a, a teacher reached out to us from Marquette and she offered they were doing a marketing class and they offered their services essentially for a semester. I mean, these little things and, you know, not even just for us, we're part of a collective of eight CBOs in Milwaukee all around it. And Milwaukee has a ton of great uh, nonprofits. These, these things help, you know, five bucks here, 20 bucks there, uh, stopping in once a year to volunteer for an event, signing up for their newsletter, just to know what's going on. Uh, uh, a friend of mine is she's the executive director at Grand Avenue Club, and it's it's difficult because they had to postpone their gala or whatever. And just being on their newsletter or you know seeing on our newsletter or whatever, and knowing like okay, hey, I can't go to this one, but they're going to do it again in November or something like that. Just being aware is 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 huge. So my golden nugget I would just say is don't think you have to be a you know Bill Gates to change the world just do a little bit just help a little bit i'm not saying every day every week or whatever just occasionally instead of watching the sixth episode of the office you know putting a half an hour of of figuring out a way that you're going to do a little small thing for your city or something like that whether that's financially or your time it it, it, it all adds up i i'm oh i always say i'll get coffee with anyone uh if anyone ever wants to reach out to me you can email me at b-h-o-l-t at ssnc-milw.org. We've had people in Glendale or whatever offer, you know, they're business owners uh, and they want to offer their space or, you know, they have an idea. Could we partner with, you know, do a joint event or something like that? I'm happy. I I like meeting new people. There's always a way to partner up or if you have something that you want to do or you have an idea, 
a program that you want to get started or something that you're passionate about, reach out to me. I can't promise anything, but I'd love to chat. Oh, that's great. Oh, listeners, definitely take advantage of that. And I will post all the links and Ben email address on the show notes so you can have um, all the resources and information to connect with Ben and his center um, to share ideas and maybe grab coffee with him to talk more about how you can improve Milwaukee. And also virtual ones for now, unfortunately. Virtual ones definitely for now. Um, But also listeners who are outside Milwaukee or Wisconsin, definitely um, check out the center in Silver Spring Neighborhood Center to see what they're doing. And maybe there's some ideas that you could bring back to your community in your state, in your community. Because right now, like the coronavirus isn't just located in your region, like it's affecting all of us, right? So all, everyone is impacted. There's probably someone... Um, neighborhoods in your organization that um, in your in your city that needs food or needs more help. And so this is maybe an opportunity to connect across state line to work collectively in helping our communities globally. So I want to make sure that listeners who are outside Wisconsin um, can also be involved with the Silver Spring Neighborhood Center, but also think about how you can explore some of these ideas into your own center in your local area. Thank you so, so much for having me on. And this has been a lot of fun. This is my, my first ever podcast. So I, uh, I appreciate you uh, inviting me on. And it was, uh, you have a new subscriber. I just subscribed to you today. So I'll be, I'll be listening to you from uh, now on. Oh, thank you so much, Ben. I really appreciate it. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you got questions about any of the episodes, feel free to reach out to me directly. And while you're there at it, please subscribe to the podcast and share the episode that you felt connected with so we could be a part of this collective invisible force called public health. Thanks.